Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. Dogen says, Although the Buddha had great wisdom at birth, he sat in training for six years. Although Bodhidharma transmitted the Buddha mind, we still hear the echoes of his nine years facing a wall. What is the teaching here for each of us in Dogen's words? Why would even Shakyamuni Buddha and Bodhidharma have to go through years of training before reaching realization? Might their having to wait have had a part in their realizing enlightenment? Might this still be the case for all of us today? It seems good to look at the training there is to be done with waiting. What do I do during the time I spend waiting? What do I do when I'm in a rush to be somewhere other than I am? When waiting in the grocery checkout line? Waiting in some waiting room for care? What is my attitude of mind toward the reason for waiting, the one who keeps me waiting, or the waiting itself? Waiting can be an offering. It can be an offering to the reason for waiting, to the one who keeps me waiting, to myself. Waiting can even be an offering to the waiting itself. And every time I must wait is an opportunity to make this offering. It's an opportunity to grow still, to open to what is, a time to become gentle, to come to peace. How much more fruitful a state of being that can be than the state in which I begrudge a waste of my time. 
when time isn't something which can be owned to begin with. When we were really little, we could hardly wait to be bigger. When finally we were the big kids, we couldn't wait to become grown-ups. How much time has passed in an adult's life waiting to get to the next stage? We chafe at the time it will take before we graduate, find true love, have a career. We drum our fingers, waiting for test results, car repairs, the adjournment of meetings that drag on. We endure parent-teacher conferences, job interviews, and escrows. If we're lucky enough to live so long, some of us come to feel we are just waiting to die. What do we do with all that arises during the transitions from one purposeful task to another? Where is my mind while I'm not yet where I want to get to? Having to wait is inevitable in life. It's like the whole world is actually one big waiting room, but we only notice we're waiting when our mind jumps ahead from where we are to something we want, or recoils from something we don't want to have here with us. The question isn't whether to wait or not, it's what do I do while I'm waiting? Do I fidget, tap my toe, fill time, kill time? What do I do in the meantime while awaiting whatever else I've gone and gotten my heart set on besides what is right now? Patience is one of the qualities which arise from meditation and training, one of the six signs of enlightenment or paramitas. Patience, or kashanti in Sanskrit, is also translated in the scriptures as patient endurance or forbearance. But patience is not actually something you do. Patience is more descriptive than active. What if I approach this aspect of spiritual work as a verb rather than an adjective? What if I look at what I am doing? Waiting, say, rather than being patient. Here is the story of someone who clarified the paramita of patience in her own practice. A committed lay Buddhist who worked full-time as a college professor was a very busy woman. Her days were filled with teaching classes, attending administrative meetings, holding office hours, producing a body of work in her discipline, organizing conferences, and all the preparation and communications which go with all these activities and more. She often spent six days a week on campus, zipping from one building to another, and 
she often came home tired. This good woman was not unhappy, just very busy. Fortunately, she thought, she was also well organized, so her busy way of living had been sustainable for many years. In many ways, she felt quite fulfilled and was outwardly very successful. This woman also had taken the precepts and for many years had maintained a steady meditation practice, which included hosting a meditation group weekly in her home. One evening, after sitting together, while the group sat sipping their tea, the woman said she had something to share. She told the others in the group that all unexpectedly her view of her practice had shifted profoundly earlier that week. Usually, she said, as she walked from one building to another on her campus, she would be mentally chewing on what had happened in the place she'd just left, or sorting out in her head what needed to happen in the place she was heading to. One day, however, as she walked along a concrete walkway, it had hit her out of the blue that she could use the time just to walk. She realized she could just mindfully walk, without dashing or delaying, without trying to think or not think, just being present, right where she was, as she walked along. So she tried it out for the rest of that little journey. She tried it during the next walk, and the next, for the rest of the day, then for the remainder of the week. She was amazed. She didn't forget what to do when she arrived and found it wasn't really necessary to rehash whatever activity she had just left. She felt more centered, less pressed and stressed all day, and found she was more focused once she got to where she was going. Best of all, she said, she didn't feel so busy all the time or so tired when she got home. She had realized that her work life and her meditation practice were not separate. For her, this came through her practice of just walking, resting in the present moment, during the times between what she considered to be her deliberate activities. The ranks of the bodhisattvas are filled with beings who make the offering of actively waiting. Avalokiteshvara listens compassionately to the cries of all the world. Kishtagarbha stands just inside the gates of the hells offering protection until all beings are able to exit. Achalanata is planted in steadfast resolve to cut through delusion and hold to the precepts. Maitreya waits in the Tushita heaven for all of us to realize our own Buddha nature. And Samantabhadra, calm and serene atop the indefatigable elephant, embodies.
embodies loving patience. And though rooted, none of these are stagnant. All of them positively swirl with benevolent intention and energy. The energy of actively waiting is an aspect of each quality these bodhisattvas represent as examples to the rest of us. Some form of active waiting is an aspect of compassionate listening, faithful friendship, resolute steadfastness, the potentiality of pure willingness. Patience is great love personified. Am I, in daily life, just passively waiting? Am I willing to do more than to fill in the blanks? Am I willing to fully be the one who waits? Am I willing to let go even of my attachment to using time well? as I make an offering of my aware presence to myself and all beings. When we wait wholeheartedly, when we are fully present whatever the conditions, we are not only just like the bodhisattvas, we bring them right here. When we wait with compassion for everyone in the family to get ready and out the door together at last on an ordinary work and school day. When we wait calmly at the pharmacy window for our medicine. When we're out on a trail and we kindly pause so the littlest sibling can catch up. When we wait without expectations for the sun to rise just before dawn or for the data to download or upload. With gratitude that such things are available to me as medicine and data, that the family is together, safe and well, that the sun is coming up again on whatever this day will bring us in this life of training. You don't have to wait for some great bodhisattva, some mahasattva to appear in a clap of thunder to help beings. You are a bodhisattva. You are how the bodhisattvas do their work. Even when I don't wish to wait, when I struggle with waiting, I can let that go. I can do the best I can to let a little or a lot of my impatience go. What a helpful habit to cultivate. What an offering to all beings. And a little bit of this goes a long way. Reverend Master Jiu said, The Eternal is 
It waits and waits and waits for eternity. It is pure love. And when all conditions ripen, it and you will be one. Do the very best you can and know that it is enough. She is not speaking here of being complacent. She is speaking of the priceless value of the generous offering of waiting in the deepest place of peace. Whether we make the offering or the eternal does. Notice that she says that it waits for eternity, not for something, or for something to happen, or for something to do, but for eternity. Impatience is just unripened willingness. waiting that I do is actually like waiting for the clouds to lift from around the mountain or the scales to fall from my eyes. Or for our friends on ranches and dairies, like waiting for the cows to come home. As you know, they will come home eventually when it's time. All these things will come to pass in their time. No waiting is in vain. Sometimes in Buddhist training, we can feel like we're waiting to be recognized, yearning to be truly seen, longing for the Buddha nature to reveal itself in ourselves or in another. We can feel like a horse chomping at the bit, bucking a little to get going. When this arises, it can help to remember that waiting is not inaction or passivity. There may be such things as inaction or passivity, but these aren't what's meant by the kind of waiting we're talking about. Recognition is beyond comprehension or competence and comes naturally, unmistakably, in its own good time. Dogen says you must not strive thus to become Buddha. About the Buddhist ancestors, the lineage of teachers including Shakyamuni and Bodhidharma and Dogen, Reverend Master Jiu comments, They were all very human, but they had one thing in common. They all had this little thing that told them, There might be something better than what I'm up to right now. They had that little voice which said you could do better. And when they saw it, they grabbed it and they did it. 
they didn't sit around and wait. They got on with it. As she's pointing out, bodhisattvas don't only wait. Sometimes, as bodhisattvas in training, we are prompted to act, and act from our place of stillness, our still center. Reverend Master Jiu also says, Remember that if you wait until you are fully enlightened, you miss a tremendous number of opportunities to help people. You have to be careful that you don't think you can't be of help until you personally have found the eternal. Because if you try to do that which the eternal does, if you try to follow the precepts, just doing that itself will start to help. Our English verb, to wait, has come a long way through the ages, and its early meanings may surprise you. Across the centuries of history and miles it has traveled through French, Dutch, German, and English, various permutations of waiting have meant to watch, to guard, to watch out, to be awake, retaining a general sense of both to remain in some place and to see to it that something occurs. The root of the word wait is shared with such other words as awake, vigil, reveille, velocity, vigor, and waken. For the origins of our word waiting stem from the Proto-Indo-European root weg, meaning to be strong, to be lively, thought to be related also to the Sanskrit vaja, meaning strength. So, in the deepest linguistic sense, as well as the spiritual, waiting literally means awakening. Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, 
you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings, including you, wherever you may be.